0: Energize, that's the nothing personal word of the day. Good morning, it is Friday. First day of September, September 1, 2023. Everything you were supposed to get done this year, you still have a third of a year. So start now. I'm energized. A, because it's Friday. B, because it's Labor Day weekend. C, because we're gonna have a show Monday. D, Jerry Reinsdorf met the media for the first time in forever, owner of the Chicago White Sox, talking about everything going on with the White Sox. And if it weren't so awesome, there's so much else to get to, but it was too awesome to pass up. I'm sorry, Jerry, in advance, but pay attention. Maybe you'll get a nugget or two. The good news is you're energized. I like the passion. You hired Chris Getz to be your general manager. Only a few short days, after you told us how hurtful and sorry you were to fire your son, Kenny Williams, like a son to you, thanking him so much for everything he did, how amazing he's been, you did a whole press release, and now with the hiring of Chris Getz, you met the media. So you said to your PR guy, maybe, hey, listen, I think I gotta talk because I have to explain to people what's happening and what's in my head. Well, Jerry, that's fine. I have a few pointers for you. No, no. I've got it. Well, Jerry, you don't meet the media often anymore. You sure you don't want to practice a few message points? No, no, I've got it. Well, let's just see what in fact he's got. Start with this. video. Now, unfortunately, I had to come to the conclusion that we needed a change at the top. The first thing I did was develop a list of qualified people around the game who I thought could come in and and take over and and, and be fine general managers for the White Sox. Chris was on that list. There were quite a number of other people who were on that list. But the conclusion I came to is that what we owe our fans and ourselves is not to waste any time. We We want to get better as fast as we possibly can. And if I had gone outside, it would have taken anybody at least a year to evaluate the organization. Well, I guess it's true if you have plumbers, electricians, and other sort of doctors and lawyers, then maybe it would take a year. I grant you that, Jerry, you're 100% correct. I'd love to look at the list you prepared, because I assume that you were in touch with the commissioner, your favorite man, and I'm sure that you got permission to not interview anybody, but just to hire Chris Getz directly. But you looked at your list and said, eh, nope. Oh, I got to interview him. Don't have time. Nope. Oh, we got to get, we got to get better for the fans quickly. Nope. Oh, this guy, I don't want to hear what he has to say. He's been in baseball 20 years. I put him on the list. Hey, Jerry, I got someone for your list. No, no, I've got my own list. Owners don't make their own lists. The whole point is when you're trying to hire the best executive possible, you bring in someone from outside the organization with fresh eyes, fresh approach. And this is not me impugning Chris Getz, don't know Chris Getz, don't care. It's the process. Speaking as someone who's a part of a lot of good processes and bad ones, failed ones, successful ones. Here's how a process doesn't happen. I'm going to put together my own list. No, you get advisors helping you. Then you're going to interview because what you want is a fresh set of eyes. Here's what we see because anyone in the sport can evaluate all the other organizations. You don't need a year to come in and say, ooh, tell me about Robert. Robert. No. You need time to evaluate people in the sales department, the marketing department, the finance department, to see if they know what they're doing. You know how to evaluate your players. You know how to evaluate the farm system because anyone in baseball, that's what they do. But Jerry would have you believe that the only way to help you, the fans, The only way to turn this around quickly was to keep doing the same thing they've been doing. How do you think Kenny Williams feels today? Listening to that part of the press conference, but wait, there was so much more, but listening to that part of the press conference. Did Chris Getz throughout the course of the year tell Jerry, man, I can do better than Kenny and Rick. I mean, I cannot believe what they're making me do. We've got the 20th ranked farm system at best and I'm the farm director because these guys and our scouts are absolutely terrible. But let me just assure you that when I'm in charge and believe me, I can do this job. When I'm in charge, I can turn this around. Why would you think that didn't happen? Do you know that happens in many organizations? It's little tiny coups. There's little clicks, little silos. There's people who get the ear of the owner. It happens in all sports. Once you get the ear of the owner, if you take advantage of that, you find your way at the top. The problem is you leave scorched earth behind you because everyone around you knows exactly what you did. It's hard to find people who want to work for someone like you because you're willing to do anything in order to be the world's greatest sycophant. And the reason I know this is that in the statement announcing Chris Getz, not the press conference, the statement that came before the press conference, Reinstorf said, Chris has impressed me greatly over the past seven years. That's very nice that the owner has such a good relationship with the farm director. Generally, the owner knows the farm director, but the GM and the president of baseball ops is the conduit between the owner and the farm director. And if you're the GM and your owner is spending all sorts of time alone with the farm director, you're gonna probably get in there and see what's happening to make sure there is no coup going on, but I digress. In our conversations together this season, I've become energized by his vision, approach, and sense of what this organization needs to become competitive again. Holy Crikeys this was a palace coup. Was Chris sitting with Jerry? with Ken Williams in the box next door. Rick Hahn next door. Hey, Jerry, look at this crap on the field. Look at those two over there playing Candy Crush. What in the hell are they doing? I'm telling you, Jerry, put me in that chair. Put me in that chair. I'll do better. With his existing knowledge of the organization, Jerry continued, top to bottom, I believe his leadership will provide us with the quickest path forward to our goal, a consistently successful baseball team. He will re-energize this organization. Kenny and Rick, go screw yourself. Not uncommon. So I don't want you to think that we didn't spend time once we made changes with manager and GM, that we would say, hey, the king is dead, long live the king. Hey, we had discipline, now we want player friendly. Hey, we had player friendly, now we want discipline. Hey, we had Kenny and Rick for a while, now we want to try Chris. I'm in, I like the spin, that's what owners try to do, that's what presidents try to do, but I'm here to tell you, it's just spin. What's surprising about the whole situation is that what Reinsdorf would make you think is that everything has been fine in the organization, but for Chris Gets has not had the last word, which means that he's had suggestions that he's given to Jerry, and I know this from experience, and then Jerry has given those suggestions to Kenny and Rick. Kenny and Rick have said, no, that is ridiculous, and then it didn't work or it did work, but Jerry wants Chris's suggestions to be the ones that happen because Jerry likes Chris's suggestions more. As a matter of fact, Jerry even said it he said, for the first time in all the years that I've been associated with the White Sox, I had a farm director that was doing what I wanted. Speaking on behalf of someone who works in an organization where there was an owner who from time to time wanted farm director to do certain things, that is how players get rushed to the big leagues. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But when you have an owner who is, deciding which group he's going to listen to and which group he's not going to listen to, it's game over. The group that the owner listens to is the group with the power. And if the group with the power doesn't have the title that goes with the power, you've got a sick organization. So you better give the power to the people you're listening to, give the title that goes with the power that you've given them because you listen to them, and then hope you've put your trust in the right people. That is the only way to succeed. I wonder whether or not Chris gets this. In the statement where he was allowed to give his point of view, he said that he was honored and humbled to be given this leadership responsibility. Side note, when you give statements, when you get a job like GM, very important as a first time GM, you are speaking to your people way more than the fans in the media. And your people are those in scouting, those in player development, those at all the minor league level, the major league coaches, the major league coaching staff, and the major league players. And you can bet your bippy that when there's a power struggle going on in an organization, every one of the underling employees knows about this power struggle. And when there is a winner in the power struggle, it is incumbent on that person who won the struggle to try to incorporate those who didn't because people take sides people in the organization when they know there's a power struggle at the top they choose one side or the other often the loser of the power struggle gets fired kenny and rick the winner gets promoted chris gets then those employees who had supported ken and rick either pledge their loyalty to the new person in power chris or they lose their jobs so when you see changes that take place within the White Sox organization, some of which may make the news, some of which may not, it can go as lower level as the double A hitting coach, which you may not occur, would mean a thing. But believe me, politics, baby, politics are happening up and down in an organization. So when we see changes that happen that Chris gets does, it will be fascinating to see keeping in mind that he was in charge of the farm. He, in theory, ostensibly was in charge of hiring coaches from all the different minor league levels for all the different teams. If he had gotten permission not from Kenny, what an awkward way to say it. God, are we live? Four, eight, sixty-nine? If Chris had had an issue with Kenny and Rick and wanted to hire certain people that Kenny and Rick did not want him to hire, that will be a quick change Well, there'll be some firings immediately throughout player development, and Getz will bring in his own people because having been a farm director, he knows what he wants down in player development. All of that said, for Jerry to say that this is now the quickest path to success, I've got a quicker one. Sino Tani, That'll get quicker. I don't think that you want to take three years, do you, Jerry, to get your farm system back ranked to number one? Who gives a tinker's ass? I want to improve the major league team. During your press conference, which you never give, you made it clear you're not signing Otani. You're not signing pitchers to 10-year deals. You are a labor hawk and I dig it. You and I were always aligned in that way. He and I were always aligned in that way. Long-term contracts don't work for pitchers. Do not allocate too much of your payroll to one player. Do not think that a miracle can exist year after year after year. Be cynical to the point of night sweats. I'm in. Chris continued in his statement. (laughs) It's pretty good. I understand what this team means to White Sox fans, and I'm excited to begin the work today and during the remainder of this season. Nothing you can do now. There's a great deal of talent within this clubhouse and within this ballpark, and we're going to diligently begin to do the work and lay the foundation for an organization and a team that we all take pride in. Dun dun da Wait, that's here comes the bride. I wanted to do the patriotic one. Dun dun da Dun dun da No, that's not it. Dee 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 dee. No, which is the one where you're like saluting the flag and you're saying how great it's gonna be and we're all gonna have great pride in the White Sox. I promise you. That's the music I want you to play, Coca. Can you find it? The good news is that Jerry in his comments talked about the fans, and I know you fans must be pissed. He acknowledged it. He thinks you're pissed because of the bad year you've had. He said that 2022 wasn't good, but it was the first real disaster. I try not to talk in disastrous terms because disasters are hurricanes, murders, deaths, early deaths, disease. I don't find losing 90 games a disaster. I don't even find losing 100 games a disaster. It certainly does bother me. I hate losing, I'm more competitive than anyone realizes, but you really wanna stay away from disaster as a word. The White Sox, an unmitigated disaster. Let's do a little wait to see here about how this all went down. So Chris Goetz was hired without any interviews. That's gotta piss off Bud Selig, his friend. It's gotta really piss off Rob Manford. Total violation of the Selig rule. Let me predict how this is gonna work. Chris Goetz is gonna have to hire an assistant general manager and name an assistant general manager. I'll give you a wait to see. The assistant general manager is guaranteed to be a minority. Just wait for it. All right, yesterday, everyone was waiting, one o'clock. What's my team doing? What's my team doing? I'm so excited to watch college football. It's coming on soon. Is my team gonna claim anybody? I'm watching baseball. I got college football starting. I have the NFL starting. This is amazing. I've got some US Open tennis. Everything's coming up roses. It's an absolute delightful spread of sports. I'm not even gonna worry that my cable company is fighting with Disney. I'm not even thinking that they'll pull a plug. I'm trying to think that my team is gonna claim some players. Those angels are just handing out players like Santa hands out candy canes. It's gonna be awesome. Lucas Giolito, come on down, baby. We want you. I told you yesterday in my wait to see that Giolito was gonna get claimed. I told you Lopez was gonna get claimed. Got that right. They were claimed by the same team and everyone is pissed off now. And I love it. The Cleveland Guardians, what are you doing? You flexing? The fact that you have a new investor, David Blitzer? Love you, man. But what are you doing? Are you paying a higher percentage as a limited partner with a path to control with Dolan? Are you paying the extra couple mil that you just took on by making these claims when you're five games back with Minnesota Twinkies? Where were you July 31st? Why wouldn't you have added at the deadline when you were even closer to Minnesota? Now you're further away with fewer games to play. Riddle me that. The leaks started coming fast and furious. Miami Marlins claimed everybody got nobody. Wah, wah, wah. Meanwhile, Bruce Sherman did the Snoopy dance because they didn't claim anybody, so they didn't have to go to the partners to get more money because the losses were going to increase. But we need to tell our fans that we were in it to win it. I promise you, that's how it went down. So all these Cincinnati Reds, I love the conversation, Phil Castellini and his father, Bob Castellini. Hey, Dad, I think we should put a claim in on Bader. Let's get him. And if we can, can we try to get Renfro? Son, Son, Is that really a wise financial move? But dad, we can make the playoffs. It's Joey Votto's last year, let's do it. The whole purpose of the waiver rule is for all of these teams to make these decisions at the deadline on July 31st, not to wait till August 31st. You're gonna read a lot and hear a lot about people complaining, both because their teams didn't get anyone. There's this new day, the waiver day. It's really the postseason roster Formation day, but let's not quibble over just a little bit. All the stuff you read from any talking head or anybody with a quill about MLB potentially changing rules, MLB being disappointed with how this went down, teams being upset they didn't get a chance, limiting how many players can be claimed at any particular time, no changes forthcoming. The system is not broken. The Angels of Anaheim did not, do anything nefarious, anything wrong. They just did something really stupid in July and then really smart in August. When you add it all up, they're totally neutral, which is just about what the Angels have always been. So I am not in any way concerned about how this happened, nor saying that it's not fair. The Guardians getting all the players, they were forced to talk to the media and their president of Baseball Ops said, whether or not we can close the gap that's in front of us, we don't know, but we want to try. I'd like to workshop that a little bit better when we didn't really try, when the gap was teensy tiny and there were two months to go. I would prefer you not to say we want to try on August 31st slash September 1st, because then it leaves me open to the criticism. Well, what the hell were you doing a month ago? I have one last piece of advice for teams who are trying to figure out the ups and downs of a season, figuring out when it's time to hit the gas, when it's time to go for it, when it's time to realize that the team that you have is not going to get it done, and then have the courage and the guts to actually do something about it either way. If your team is good and ready to win, you augment it. If your team is bad, but you thought it was going to be good, you swallow your pride, you recognize that you were wrong, and then you absolutely cut bait. It is so hard because of you, the fans, and the media, and I'm not blaming the fans. I'm not blaming the media. I'm getting you into the head of executives. There are some executives who are really much smarter than the actions they take, the moves they make, or the sentences they say. They wish they could do things differently, but there are two things stopping them. One, what the owner will let them do. And two, the way media and fans will perceive what they did and how that will impact their ability to do their job or have their job going forward. Self-preservation is one of the most important things you can have in the working world, a feel for it. And in baseball, the self-preservation instinct by baseball executives is really high no matter what their experiences is is, no matter how much they're getting paid they're all very sensitive so in a vacuum every team that you love would be run way better and we add to the noise my show does for sure other shows that you listen to do too the things you talk about on reddit that does too Okay, we have got to get to, uh, I want to get to the review, but Coco, we got to talk about what ESPN did yesterday because it was delightful. Uh, But I think what we should do, and we have a Boris story as well. So let's go to break. And when we come back, we're going to review the movie I watched yesterday and then give you a funny, funny Boris story. We'll be right back. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Our miniature gun models will make you the center point of attention. Display them at your office desk, bookshelf, or man cave. Collect and customize GOAT guns to your own liking. Each GOAT gun model has intricate parts that snap together to assemble. Start your next hobby addiction at GOATGUNS.com. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. It's Friday. We are starting a new month. It is Samson & Coca Everyday live. Nothing Personal with David Samson YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button. Go to our website, davidsampsonpodcast.com. Thank you for all the orders you're doing. Uh, Yesterday was my fewest number of pictures, though. Please send pictures of you in the merch or using the merch because it's fun to see. Watch a movie every day. Been training for a challenge, which is coming up in three weeks from right now. Three weeks from today, I'm starting the 48-hour, 48-mile challenge. We're still going to do a show that day just like we're gonna do a show Monday. But I'm also gonna watch a movie every day. Uh, I watched The Flash finally with Ezra Miller. Do you remember The Flash? It just started streaming recently. It was long to, not as long as John Wick, but it was, I wanna say two and a quarter, like 150 minutes. And I was fascinated by it. I have a thing for Ezra Miller because of Perks of being a wildflower and what that movie meant to me and how much I love that movie and his character and all the characters in that movie and all the actors who played the characters in that movie. Seeing him as a superhero is fine for me because it's like seeing Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd, my relationship with him is based on comedy and, and friends and great movies, not based on being Ant-Man or Wasp, or whichever one he was. Which one was he, Coca? Which one he still is. He's one of Wasp Ant-Man. Ezra Miller has had some off-the-court issues, which created some business issues for the distributor. So there were delays. There were thoughts that it would be canceled completely, that he would be canceled completely. And because of the investment in the movie, because of the investment in the characters, they found a way to release this movie Focus on Batman, focus on Michael Keaton, focus on George Clooney, focus on Ben Affleck. And it worked. So if you can separate the noise, I would watch The Flash. Purely entertainment, that's all. Don't watch it for the script, just watch it to be entertained. Okay, anybody watching TV last night? Charter, Spectrum? ESPN, we have a sporting class episode that's gonna be released on the Levitard feed today that John Skipper and I recorded yesterday with Pablo Torre. Love doing those shows with Skipper and and Pablo. We touched on college realignment again. We touched on the ACC, which just this morning announced that they have accepted Stanford and Cal and SMU. We did a deep dive into how that worked and that was before the vote today, so we're gonna look prescient, but don't tell Metalark We recorded that yesterday. Not today, it's been released today. So when we recorded it, we didn't know that the vote had been done, but by the way we talk, it would seem as though we did, which makes us look like Karnak, Nostradamus, for those who are younger. Something that we didn't get to cover is that last night, As Florida, Utah, in the football season, congratulations to the Gators. What a great start to their season. I know when they schedule these out-of-conference games that they are fully expecting to start their season out right, and they did. They only lost by a little, so that was really good. I think they're going to rehire. I heard this rumor, Coca. Did you hear they're rehiring Urban Meyer? Because Swamp Things was so good that they want to bring him back and do that whole thing. They want to run it back. Hey, let's run it back, baby. So people are getting ready to watch. And all of a sudden, like the end of EdTV, when Rob Reiner realized that someone knew that he had the pump and the plug was pulled and Matthew McConaughey and Jenna Elfman were able to live happily ever after. If you've never seen EdTV, please watch it. It's amazing way ahead of its time. People are sitting down and watching ESPN. (sniffs) They went dark. Let me explain how these work. ESPN spends money to get live sports. ESPN then goes to distributors and says, hey, we've got a channel with live sports. We'd like you to carry our channel and we'd like you to pay us $8 for every single one of your subscribers. The cable company says well we've got people who pay 80 dollars a month and they need content so we're gonna go look at all these different channels that we can put on our cable network on our cable what's the word god damn it it's friday just another manic friday on our platform thank you coca so we'd like you espn But we don't wanna give you $8 per subscriber because we have a bunch of subscribers who don't really care about sports. So we'll give you $4 per subscriber or $8 for the ones that we think want ESPN. ESPN says, no, no. The model that we operate under is that you pay us for every subscriber, whether they like it or not. Does this sound familiar to any of you? This is how the RSNs went out of business because the RSNs used to get money for everybody except people started saying, I don't watch the Royals, I don't wanna pay for the Pirates. So ESPN says to Charter, pay me this amount of money. Charter says, screw you, I'm not paying it. ESPN says, please, if you don't, I'm gonna take my channel off your platform. And Charter says, oh no, you won't do that because you want people watching Because you paid all these rights fees. You got to make sure that people are actually watching. Because that's the chain of money. That's the flow of money. And they had a Dr. Seuss-like standoff. Who's got the most leverage when Florida, Utah's kicking off or the US Open's taking place and your TV goes dark? You're pissed off. Who are you angry at? ESPN thinks that you're gonna call Charter and Spectrum and say, hey, get ESPN back on my television. I want it back right now. How dare you? I'm not paying my cable bill. That's what ESPN thinks it's gonna happen. Spectrum and Charter think that no one's gonna call, that you're gonna see, oh, that went black. I guess I can't watch Florida, Utah. I'm gonna go watch The Real Housewives or I'm gonna go watch MASH. This is Jeopardy. I'm gonna watch season 28 of Survivor. I'm gonna watch House of Cards. Whatever the case is, there's quite a few things, quite a few other options for people to do that come before finding out how to reach out to the cable company, sitting on hold for 37 minutes, and then finding someone who you can't frankly understand because they have no idea, because they're working for 12 companies at a time in a call center, and they have no chance toilet pants of ever helping you. But you're gonna take the time. That's what Charter thinks. That's what ESPN thinks. Guess who's not taking any time? You. Did you pick up the phone? Were you that angry you couldn't watch the Florida-Utah game? US Open's pissed. College football's upset. They want these games available. That's the whole purpose of TV deals is they want exposure. However, everyone played their cards a little too much. The most leverage come eight o'clock was supposed to be with ESPN because they thought that all of you would be so angry you'd call charter and cancel your cable, but none of you were gonna do that. Now who's got the leverage? Charter thinks they've got the leverage now because they can survive without ESPN. But ESPN can't survive without Charter, can they? Unless ESPN's entire plan is that they're trying to get people used to the fact, don't spend money on your cable bill, spend money on ESPN Plus. We're eventually gonna be streaming and we're gonna charge you. And if you wanna watch the Gators so badly, just pay us the 10.99, dollars the $12.99, the $18.99 per month, and you can get Gators games. Just you wait, folks. Of course, they had to do dueling statements. Charter said, we are disappointed with the Walt Disney Company's decision to remove their networks from our lineup and deny our customers the opportunity to watch. Oh, oh, oh. they're so disappointed. They're despondent. Disney, we've been in ongoing negotiations with Charter for some time and have not yet agreed to a new market-based agreement. As a result, their Spectrum TV subscribers no longer have access to our unrivaled portfolio. Nah, 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 we're unrivaled. Guess what, ESPN, you're now rivaled. Disney Entertainment has successful deals in place with pay TV providers of all types and sizes across the country and the rates and terms we are seeking in this renewal are driven by the marketplace. No, no, keep in mind, they're driven by the old marketplace. There's now a new marketplace and a new way to value what your programming is worth because people are cutting the cord rapido, which changes the finances. Hello, Disney can't argue, man. There used to be horse and buggies and I'm in the business of producing shovels and I clean up all the horse shit. Don't tell me that cars are coming because then who's gonna want my shovels? This'll end. One of them will blink. Although I haven't been able to watch Yes Network or SNY on YouTube TV or Hulu. There's been no blinking there. There was no blinking in LA when half the people couldn't watch the Los Angeles Dodgers. There's no blinking when the Padres are now being produced by Major League Baseball and their whole point is now more people have access to our games. There's no blinking when the sun said, screw it. We're gonna put our games over the air so everybody can watch. This is a fascinating time in the media landscape. And as a consumer, what is your preference? Where is your head? Don't you just want to make sure you can watch what you want to watch? And aren't you willing to pay for that? Get ready. Congratulations to Ronald Acuna. Last night, he became the first ever player to hit 30 home runs and steal 60 bases in a season. And he got married because his wife was going to be forced to leave the U.S. and he likes having his wife around. So he said, I've got an idea. We have two kids already, why not just tie the knot? Called up his agent and said, hey, I'm gonna get married. Hurry up, we got a game. Reminded me of John Belushi and Blair Brown in Continental Divide. When's the next train to Chicago? There's one in 10 minutes. When's the next one? Three days. Oh, Christ, we gotta get married really fast. Akuni got married. Got three hits. Braves got a win. Mookie Betts hit two home runs. The Dodgers and Braves again show that they're the two best teams, but we lost our pick of the day. So we are 121 and 117. I've got three picks for you. Let's start with Friday. Scherzer and the Rangers over the Twins. Write it down. Max Scherzer, the Rangers, and the Twins. Do I think the Guardians can catch the Twins? NCTP. Do I think the Rangers have a real problem dealing with the Mariners and the Astros? You bet your bippy. That said... Max Scherzer is gonna be just fine with the Twins lineup. Saturday, it's college football, yes. Now, you may not get to watch it, or you may, depends on where you are. Guess what? Jim Harbaugh is leading the Michigan Wolverines to play East Carolina. Jim Harbaugh is so excited. He loves coaching these early games, on-conference games. He gets so pumped up, knows there won't be an upset. He's putting the playbook together, and then he looks at his calendar and says, oh, that's right, I'm suspended. Their defensive coordinators coaching the game. They're favored by almost two score, but I'm still laying the 36. Michigan, 36 over East Carolina. Sunday, what a matchup. Diamondbacks, Orioles, Zach Gallen, Jack Flaherty. Take Zach Gallen. He may have lost to Cy Young in his last outing when he gave up a bunch of runs, but he's better than Flaherty. And the D-backs are for reals. And it's one hell of a great wildcard race in the National League. September, baby, it's coming. No, no, wipe that. Four, eight, six, nine. September, baby, it's here. It's my second favorite month of the year. I love October, but September's really good. So it's been a while since we talked about Scott Boras, but what he did with the Los Angeles Dodgers, it reminded me of what it was like to have to work with Scott, what it was like to listen to the buffoonery and listen to the 48 minute phone calls about nothing. Even when you didn't listen, you just put the phone down and pretended to listen. What it was like dealing with his players And realizing that I was not alone, I just was alone talking about it, but publicly. Amongst ourselves, we all talk about how insane it is that our owners continue to give Boris players these contracts. The Los Angeles Dodgers stood up to Scott Boris regarding a player named Cody Bellinger. Cody Bellinger, you may remember, is an MVP winner. They were building. Advertising campaigns around him and Christian Yelich when they won back-to-back MVPs. Two best players in baseball when Trout wasn't really playing. Then Bellinger and Yelich both became bad. Now Yelich and Bellinger are both good again. Yelich is leading the Brewers to the playoffs. Bellinger is trying to lead the Cubs. The Dodgers last year gave up on Bellinger. They just let him go. They non-tendered him. Basically, they released him and he signed a one-year deal with the Cubs for $17.5 million, which was lower than the qualifying offer amount. Cody Bellinger is entering free agency and Scott Boris is going to have teams believe that Cody Bellinger is a $200 million player because of what he's done this season. I understand why Scott will try to convince owners of that. Scott needs to explain to potential suitors that last year and the year before and the year before were the anomalies. This year is the rule. And the way he did it was by saying he was hurt, plain and simple. That is the go-to for Scott when his players don't play well. He was hurt. Referencing shoulder surgery that Bellinger had from the home run, congratulations, where his shoulder popped out. He has surgery, this is a quote, and the Dodgers asked him to play with a 35% strength deficiency, And then with COVID, he was deprived of the expert medical treatment. He didn't have the shoulder strength. You don't just go from a 900 OPS to a 500 OPS without understanding the impact of an injury. So when Cody became a free agent, he told me, I wanna go to teams that know me the best and I wanna go where people understand me. Shots fired across the bow toward Andrew Friedman, the president of baseball operations and all of the Los Angeles Dodgers. I've known Andrew Friedman for a very long time. To get his heart rate up, you really have to do something to force him into a comment situation publicly, you really have to do something. Well, they basically questioned his credibility as an operator of a baseball team, questioned how he handled his players and basically said, you didn't care that my player was injured, you just put him out there injured and you screwed him up. Andrew Friedman is not going to take that without comment. And so he did. He said, I don't wanna stoop to that level, but I find it to be very convenient narrative. We weren't surprised by it at all. What Andrew Friedman is saying, which he says privately, and we all said privately, we're never gonna stoop down to the Boris level. But the narrative is what Boris does to get his players signed. Blame someone else. Don't blame the quality of the player. Blame the team. But this time he went too far and he actually had to walk it back. Scott Boris walked back a comment. He actually said there was no wrongdoing. He had given this interview to the USA Today, realized that even he had gone too far, which is funny. Andrew Friedman responds and then Boris responds by saying, hey, I didn't say there was wrongdoing by the Dodgers. I didn't say the Dodgers forced Cody to play. Cody's a good teammate. He wanted to play and go out there knowing he had just had surgery. That was the extent of that. There was no wrongdoing on the Dodgers part because it was a mutual decision that Cody wanted to play and the Dodgers wanted him to play. It's not exactly right. How does this end? Cody Bellinger will not be signed by the Dodgers. I can promise you that to any sort of long-term deal. Andrew Friedman could have gone into much more detail about Cody Bellinger and his injuries, but chose not to. Andrew Friedman easily could have spoken to you about the fact that Scott Boris controls the rehab of his players in a way that no other agent does to the detriment of the players to the fact that Scott Boris is interested in his own strength training institute, his own advisors, both on and off the field, money and otherwise, in order to take all of the player. Not gonna mention that part. Not gonna mention that if a player doesn't rehab properly and he's rehabbing under the authority and under the supervision of Scott and Scott's people, that maybe there's culpability towards Scott. Not gonna mention that part. Andrew Freeman was about to stop, but he couldn't resist. What I found really interesting was that there was no mention of the Boris Institute and its role in any of this, but I'll just leave it at that. Bless you, Andrew, because when people say I'll just leave it at that, they don't leave it at that. When you are surrounded by a scrum of reporters or you're giving an interview on the record, and your last line is, I'll leave it at that, or you're in an argument with your significant other, or you're in an argument with someone or a discussion with someone at work. Have you ever done it? Have you ever said, da-da-da-da-da-da, i will leave it at that, and then gone silent? You never leave it at that. Nobody leaves it at that. Everybody says something after. I promise you, Andrew didn't leave it at that. He went off the record, didn't want to say anything, that may come back to bite him. Certainly not something for attribution, but I promise you that there was something after that. What a week. The ACC now has 18 teams. Baseball is entering the stretch drive. Decisions are being made. Football starts this coming Thursday. College starts this Saturday. This is the best time, fall, is the best time for sports. We've got amazing soccer. Basketball's gonna start up again. An absolute panoply of opportunity for more nothing personal. I don't quite understand how people take Monday off. I know you're supposed to honor the workers by not working. I'm going to honor all those who labor by laboring. I hope you'll join me because we're going to be live 8 a.m. Monday. Have a safe weekend. Be smart. Be safe. And remember, it's just business. This is Nothing Personal.